Welcome to the Challengers Podcast. This is episode nine with your host, Zach Miller from Tearsheet. And what's up? It's Josh Markrod. Hey, Josh. Josh, also known as Josh Liggett, JL. Josh, also known as Josh Liggett. I know. Exactly. I thought I, I was trying to hit the share level. Of, <laughs> there's also three other Satoshi. people who work at our crowd. Satoshi, from, you know, first name basis. So, so we're here. We, we, it is summer. So I think we should start with that. And um, though there is a lot of news and stuff to cover, it is not bombastic. I think, you know, this is probably going to be a relatively shorter episode. Yeah, I would say so. I think we all have to go to the beach. You know, we're going to have, uh, we have to make sure we relax and get that summer fun in before earnings start to come in and things start getting nuts in the, you know, in finance, but a little fun. Uh, well, we did have some big news. So uh, N26 finally launched in the US and this, this was a work in progress, uh, been dozens of months. Um, not, I don't think any, any, there was any reason like there was no holdup per se regulatory wise. Um, N26 ended up launching with a partner, uh, Axos Bank. Um, and they started letting in uh, what, like 100,000 people off of their, their waiting list. Is that what we read? I think something like that. Yeah, it's a, pretty much a soft launch, you know, restaurant style to get that, make sure that everything's not screwed up, I assume. <laughs> you know, like uh, make sure that the steak is seasoned correctly as they as they try to put out the, their banking product. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I saw, I, you know, open up the app to see what it was looking like. I think it's a hundred thousand mm -hmm. um, that they're letting in. They're going to open that up as the, as time goes on. Right. And they launched with some basic functionality and, and, you know, they, they will start to roll out more of the technology that N26 is known for over time um, as, as it matures in the U S um, so they were really the first uh, foreign challenger bank uh, to open up in the U.S., right? Like we, we know Revolut and Monzo are sort of waiting in the wings uh, to get licenses, it looks like. Um, N26 decided to launch through a partner uh, that got it to market faster, right? Yeah, definitely. Can we, can we just take a second? Yeah, let's think. Finally, it actually happened. I didn't think, you and I joked around that we didn't think it was ever going to happen. Right. But they were like, like continuous. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, they're good. it's happening. They're coming, they're coming. And then, I mean, Finn couldn't have held out for like three weeks. Come on. <laughs> like, come on. I wish. Well, why I, were they I, holding out? Where would have that gotten Finn anyway? I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I could just, I wish. I can only yeah. wish and dream. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I think it's, it, it's a smart path. We, I think we, we didn't really know exactly if they were going to go through the bank account, if they are going to make their own license or if they were going to, um, go directly, uh, you know, through a partner. It seems like what they were saying is that they were, you know, the plan was to go through a partner. Um, yeah, yeah, which which makes sense because that's what they did in Europe, and mm -hmm. Europe is much more complicated, is much less complicated at least in terms of uh, multi states than than the U.S. Uh, just on that level of just ge ge uh, geographies, the EU versus you know mm -hmm. the, the passporting and stuff. Yeah, all that fun stuff. So, I think it provides. You know, other challenger banks from Europe, a pretty clear path of, hey, you want to open up in America, this is how you do it. And mm -hmm. it's going to be surprising, you know, that that's how they can. And, you know. So interesting game dynamics right now. So first to market, right? So they, they do have an opportunity now to sort of first, you know, first go after. Europe, first European to market, exactly. which is very important. That's yeah, good point. Let me, let me put a note on that because there's this bank called Chime you like to talk yeah, about a lot. Them too. <laughs> right, it's not the first challenger bank by any means. It's the first like foreign bank coming to, to US soil, European bank, I should say. Uh, but what's interesting now is Revolut and Monzo, as they're waiting uh, for their license or however they decide to go to market, they can kind of, they get this fast follower dynamic where they can kind of see what N26 is doing and maybe avoid 
you know, certain issues. Um, I think there, there's a plus and minus to both strategies, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think there, there definitely is a play. It could go either way. I, at the end of the day, though, I think that this is just great for the end consumer, uh, really, is just yep. have more options. Yeah, more choices, price, more price ability. Going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, this is just good. And, and it, I think it's good for the ecosystem as well. Um, yeah, I think that you do have in the US, at least you do have pretty, you know, it's not, it's not like our, in other countries, the banking systems are really screwed up. Um, US, I think, is not as screwed up. As, as in terms of personal finances, other countries, people may not like it, but it's just not as really totally messed up. The fact that you have free checking, the fra- you know, free banking, free bank accounts, all that stuff. And in certain places, free ATM withdrawals, like some pretty cool basic things that, you know, a lot of people take for granted. But it's still, as more of these challengers come in from Europe with, or foreign, or if it'd be awesome to see if like Nubank ever decides to, mm-hmm. you know, from Brazil ends up coming into, uh, into the US, but it just provides a better service for the end user. I mean, that's like the reality of, of at the end of the day of what really that who's winning in this whole situation. Yeah. I think what's interesting also is the fact that they did it through a partner through Axos. Um, we had on, on the tear sheet podcast uh, last week, uh, the CEO from synapse, um, which just raised also a, some ni- a nice round of, of financing and it's really sort of an API bank in the U S um, should be able to launch any products from that. And I think, it's getting easier and easier if you take this partner route um, to launch new banking products. And I, I think, you know, N26 obviously first large European to come to the to U.S. soil, but like we'll definitely see more domestic players now with these technologies. Um, Jan Rancher, uh, who actually publishing from Anthemis, we're publishing a podcast today, um, interviewed him and, and he, you know, he said like he, he was an early investor in Simple and he said when they saw the Simple business plan, it took two and a half years to get them a, a product to market. And now when he's meeting with, um, with new new fintechs sort of launching, you know that launch time is is cut down to like four and a half mo- four months. He said. Um, so with with tools like this, really anybody you could launch a bank, Josh. Yeah, and I think you're touching on something that we have discussed in the past, but it is really important to note that let, let's say for example that the first person who really you know the, I don't know how the banking as a service was initiated in terms of people saying hey, I'm going to create this thing called banking as a service. I don't know if it was a challenger bank asking it. I don't know if it was like a challenger bank saying, you know, someone saying, hey, challenger banks need this in order to expand. Um, but if it did come from the idea, I would assume that it came from, originally came from like the idea of, you know, opening up a new bank that was, you know, like a challenger that's, which we call challenger banks now, the Chimes, the Revoluts, the Monsters. Actually, I, th- I actually think I know the answer to this. Tell me the answer then before so, I again, sound like an idiot. No, no, no. I just, I will stop you there. But so Green Dot claims, um, uh, claims ownership over that term uh, and that their investor community started using that term for what they were doing with Walmart originally when Walmart issued its first debit card. Um, it was yeah. Walmart, you know, the massive, massive retailer that wanted against financial services, but didn't necessarily want to be a bank. Um, that was the, that was sort of the emergence of the banking as a service terminology. So thank you. First of all, thank you for that, Professor sure, Miller. I really appreciate that. Uh, at, but actually, ac- that actually, uh, and I, and it actually makes it even better because it goes in line. With what I'm saying is that it provides like a pathway for non fintechs to get into banking, exactly. which N26 and and Revolut. You know, it, I was I was watching that whole like. Um, uh, milkshake. What do you hire a milkshake for? By the Harvard professor who wrote Innovators Dilemma. Um, Clay Christensen. Yeah, Clay Clay Christensen. And like you know, looking at the milk, people thought like the milkshakes uh, competitor was uh, 
you know, was other milkshakes when in fact it was like breakfast. Uh, it's like a whole like speech. It's really cool mm -hmm. that like people were buying milkshakes basically for their car. So it's like people, so like you would think that the child, that the competitors to, you know, N26 are JP Morgan, are Monzo, but it's, because of what they've built, because of the infrastructure that they've built, it could be that Uber is the is the competitor. Really good. And point. this is something that we're that we're getting into that mm -hmm. sort of the path that they took to get to market could be their downfall, as crazy as that sounds. Um, you know, this creating this weird baking as a service ecosystem that Walmart created, which is if you think of Walmart, Walmart's somebody who just wanted to like, hey, let's eat everything up. And mm -hmm. I can't can you imagine a tech company trying to eat everything up? Uh, you know, I think that's it's called Amazon, I think. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's literally what Amazon and Facebook are. I, I don't know. I haven't heard of Facebook coming out with some sort of fire, like payment tool. I, they've, I've heard some rumors about this blockchain-based payment tool that Something they're making. Something about it, yeah. Some weird thing about that. But it's like, come on. Like, it, it's crazy that something that Walmart, you know, created or like, and this concept that with technology has been blown up to a totally different level that's now helping bank, challenger banks go to market could actually help screw them over at the end of the day. Interesting. So, so N26 on top of this US launch ends up raising some more money on top of a $300 million round, another $170 million. I don't know if it's an additional why, why not? 70 or... Decimal yeah. point. Right, but the, the point is that they got to a $3.5 billion valuation on 3.5 million customers to date. Um, comes out to $1,000 a customer. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. Define um, customer please. Yeah. Account holder. <laughs> Someone who decided to open sign up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody downloaded that has an the, ATM card. Yeah. Downloaded so. the app onto their phone. Yeah. You know? Good point. Good point with that too. Um, so, so also Revolut is in the market rumored to be raising more money, raising like 500 million. Uh, also talking about like a, you know, a higher valuation. So we're, we're seeing definitely the, the step up here. Um, Monza recently raised money. They were valued at two and a half billion. So, you know, these, 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 this top strata of, of challenger banks are definitely unicorns at this point. Um, we, we did in previous episodes, Josh and I, you and I ex explored, you know, who, who might be what the possible exit routes for some of these things might be. Don't know. Um, also this week, Money Lion um, is raising 160 million Series C, um, is not is raising, has raised. Um, Capital One entered as a strategic investor in that round. I thought that was worth mentioning. Josh, you and I were talking before the show how that that kind of signals like the first you know real bank kind of coming in and investing in these guys. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, the fact that they're getting that a bank and a pretty large bank mm -hmm. is coming into a challenger. Um, so I'm really interested to see what the if there's going to be any sort of if is it just like a investment like first of all where where it comes from is it from their venture arm is it from their R and D arm like where exactly you know, how that investment is structured inside of Capital One is interesting. And if there's going to be any strategic partnerships or, you know, any type of, uh, uh, any type of cooperation going on. And it's also interesting that they actually took money from Capital One. Like, if you think about it, like, it's pretty cool that a challenger bank is like, yeah, you know what, we, we'll take money from an, from a, uh, from a, from an institution. It's, it, it's really interesting from an institutional bank. Um, you know, that's really interesting. The fact that they even went that route and, I don't imagine there'll be any blowback on the side of customers, but it would be interesting to see sort of how that work, how it's going to work with regarding, uh, you know, any type of partnerships between the two together. Yeah. And I, they do have, they do have good marketing strategies as you and I were discussing. Before yes. Well. Moneyline is well known to be the first FinTech to uh, sponsor NASCAR. 
And uh, one of the Ricky reasons Bobby? Exactly. The Ricky, yeah, shake and bake. So, so Capital One also, it's worth mentioning, had invested uh, in Dave, um, which we also covered on the show. Dave is, was a PFM, personal finance manager, that um, recently just launched banking uh, capabilities. Um, but when they did invest in Dave, hadn't had that yet. Um, also, Dave had three and a half million users. It will be interesting to see over time how, how, how many of those convert over to banking customers. Um, and again, as, as we've kind of hammered home on, the, on this show, is like, it's not just account openings. Those are the headline sort of metrics. It's really, can we get people using these accounts as sort of a primary or core bank account for them? Um, no one's really seemed to crack that nut yet, but I think that's worth tracking over time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> moving on, uh, Betterment uh, has launched a bank account. Um, actually had a smart savings uh, functionality built in there um, sort of was, was really sort of a, 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 a money market account. Um, so to, to get short-term yield, you know, you actually owned um, like some ETFs. So there wasn't a lot of liquidity there. It took three to five days to clear the trade afterwards. And so Betterment, just like everybody else is coming out with a, their own sort of bank account. Um, interesting called everyday savings with a high APY, like a, like probably I think about 2.69%, which is the highest in the market today, no fees, a million dollars FDIC insurance. Um, I, I don't know if it's a, if it's a revolutionary product, but it is definitely evolutionary product and interesting to see a robo advisor um, kind of come in with uh, a best of breed sort of savings product. A, I think it services their existing clientele, but B, also maybe a way to, to encourage and, and recruit in some, some new, some new uh, investors, right? Yeah, if I, if we, we talk about banking, you know, open banking and, and having, you know, a, a, a product that's like a checking, front end checking savings, you know, moving money around and then all these additional functionality in terms of product, uh, you know, on top of that. And they built an awesome product and now they're building the front end. So mm -hmm. like, if someone wants a really good robo, and they want to also use a bank account if that's what their, you know, their big need, then I would imagine that Betterment is probably their best choice because the fact that they're a robo that just has gotten a lot of traction. Now, whether or not you agree with you like robos is other, other discussion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If <laughs> My point was just that it could happen the other way too. Meaning if they build a good enough bank account, um, I may go to them as my core bank. Um, and then be encouraged to use a robo, you know, that's, behind it. No, I, that's, what I'm, that's yeah. what sort of what I'm saying is that also if like, it, like it's going to get to a point where the end user is just going to have so many choices that they're going to be able to pick as thin as possible. Um, you know, and, and you and I joked around that like, how like thin are you going to get, be able to get everything? Like, could you get to like a bank special that's going after dog walker niches or like, you know, what, like how, how niche can you get in terms of provide of, of banks and, and what they're providing? But, it, and to be serious, like there's going to be, it could be that, you know, that, um, what's it called? That um, a money line star with like, you know, personal finance. So maybe that their personal finance product is just better than everyone else, than everyone else's. I'm just mm -hmm. saying theoretically. And then I'm an end user and I'm like, you know what? I really, I want a bank account, but the most important thing for me is to have really good personal finance. Then I would just go to money lion mm -hmm. and they would be my, and it's going to get to that point where like you have all these products and then, Hey, I'll build a front end you know, bank account on top of that child debit credit, whatever you want to, you know, checking account, whatever. And it'll really be in th those, those underneath products will be the things that are interesting as opposed to open banking where, you know, we thought that things, what, what things would happen was just everything would just connect into each other. It could be that it, that there's eventually it bundles back together, but it could be that there's an unbundling first. Interesting. I like where you're headed with that. Um, 
so, so, you know, Curve also, uh, which is based in the UK, which is basically a credit card that sits on top of other credit cards. Um, I think, I think, I think you and I think I interviewed them back when I worked at Tier yeah, Sheet, like so back in the day. That, that was, right? yeah, yeah, like way back. That was like, geez, 2000. So, I don't even know. Yeah. So they just, they survived somehow. Um, and I, I'm not saying that in a bad way, um, but $55 million round, I think. But, but, and I, I'm not getting too deep into Curve itself. I don't know enough about the company, but it's sort of a credit card that sits on top of other credit cards. Are, are you describing sort of like, you know, the future of banking where, you know, maybe you have like a, a Spotify type platform where, you know, you're pulling, you're pulling stuff from different places. Like you're getting PFM from, from Moneyline and maybe you're getting the bank account at Betterment. Um, do you see something like that happen? Well, that's, isn't that open banking sort of? of where except that the, it's weird because we, we always talked about open banking as being like dumb pipes right like exactly exactly but the end. thing is yeah but the problem is they're all coming out with these front ends so it's gonna yeah. be really weird so while we thought it was gonna be open banking of like hey you have one front end as like whatever and then all these pipes come together all the pipe all the back ends are just all the pipes are assigned to create their own front ends um which is which will be pretty which could be really interesting uh in terms of how that goes then you know how do the how do the whole mantra which i you and i I think agree on and something we've been discussing for a long time is that the long-term, you know, way that it's going is the pipes and, you know, pipes model um, mm -hmm. and open banking. So where do those two drive together as everyone is just racing to onboard customers? Um, it, it's going to be really interesting. It is interesting. And, and so you have this features parody, right? This idea that like every time a new, ch you know, challenger bank launches a new product, maybe it's payday advance. Um, it just gets rolled out within months across all the other challengers, right? It's like, a lot of these banks like started as like features led companies and but over time just we're every every product you're getting is going to have the same functionality and 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 give the rise of 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 banking as a service companies right so if there's a platform underneath that are serving a lot of these challenger banks everybody gets the same products at the same time and so like in in a way we're seeing sort of like the the generalization of all these financial products but the ones who the ones who do it right and can kind of build the brands. I, I think at the end of the day, it's it's what's old is new. It's it's like the brands are going to end up winning out. And yeah, right. So Moneyline is my brand because you know I like NASCAR and I affiliate with that, and I like kind of the the, the groove that they're given there. It may or may not have. It, it probably has very similar functionality to any other competitor, but I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, especially with banking. I'm going to create a new term. You ready? Banking service as a service, where these like where you have like now I you know I've been seeing companies that like basically the engine for risk assessment that like Funbox and Bluevine and Cabbage, um, you know, and Easy Bob, all these guys are creating like there's companies that are like, yeah, we're gonna do that, we're providing that to like companies. So now you have like an an alternative lending engine that N26 could that yeah like so it's like a banking service as a service so like exactly what you're saying that it could become like everything is the same essentially yeah with these weird tech companies underneath it all where on the stack and uh it's unclear what exactly you know where exactly everything flushes out um but it's it's cool it is cool um yeah there's a lot uh happening even even though it's summer um wishing you guys uh the best uh rest of your summer don't work too hard Take some go time to off. Beach. Go to the beach. Beers, beers on the beach. I'm yeah. going Thursday. You can beers join on me. The beach. Like. I was there last Friday. Um, <laughs> recharge your recharge your uh, your energy cells, and let's you know look forward to a exciting fall. I think that the fintech is going to be on fire in the fall. Can we get some summer music 
on the podcast or are we going to still, or I still love the piano, but we need some, some, we're going to end with the piano, but I think we can start mixing up one, one thing Josh (laughs) and I talked about before the show that um, we'll mention on social media as well um, is that we'd like to start answering questions. Um, So if you do have questions or a theme or a topic that you guys would like to uh, throw at us that we can discuss, we'd be happy to, uh, to take a look at that. AMA. AMA on the, uh, on the TC podcast, the channel. (laughs) Okay. I think we've done enough of that one. Thanks for listening guys. See ya.